On today's show, we go into the dark. Look at me. Look at me. They're on, they're on their way. Promise me, Peter. Promise. Promise me you'll find him. Peace. All I ever wanted was peace. It's time to go find Daniel. None of you even know what's out there. We have to do something. You are the only one that can get us there. We leave first thing in the morning. How did they know we were here, Jeremy? What? Five minutes later, they're right on top of us. How did you know? We're not leaving him behind. You don't have a choice, Blake. Neither does he. We've been expecting you. Peter, father of Daniel, who is in the keep of the dark. And what's true? Don't you want what's real? Only you, Mommy. I want to be with you. Somebody, somebody help us! Hey! His fear is my joy. His pain will be your pain. And his suffering will be proof. I want to see my son. We all want things, Mr. Braxton. This is my time. Hey there, thanks for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast and the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Burke Allen, live in Washington, D.C., and the program is service of our pals at speakermatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. Well, we're all stuck inside, and it seems to go on and on and on with a global pandemic. There's a new television miniseries that deals with a very similar topic, and it's fascinating that it's out now. The miniseries is called The Dark, and it's available at pureflix.com. And we have a, a cast and DP reunion joining us today. And I uh, want to say hi to Alan and Kevin and Sarah and Silvio. And also, um, I guess, Matt, you are the director of photography uh, for this thing. So as yeah. the DP, I want to start with you and, and ask where the inspiration for the, the dark came from. Because if, if for folks that haven't seen it yet, th this takes place sort of at, at, at the end times. And, and there are parallels to not only what's going on now in the world, but also shows like The Walking Dead. And, and I can certainly sort of see that, that feel when I've watched the show. So tell me about how you decided to put together the look of the dark. As we were researching it, we were watching shows like The Walking Dead. There was a J.J. Abrams series called Revolution that Chip watched a lot that inspired him. And then we kind of borrowed from, but for us, it was also just doing a lot of research on how we could shoot things in a world where there's no electricity. So you had to be very aware of where your natural light was coming from and in situations where you hadn't any, how you could actually use lights. And my friend, Kevin Sizemore, uh, who I've known for many years, fellow West Virginian, you have a part in this where, where you're sort of the ringleader of this group of folks, but for, for people who have not seen any of The Dark yet, uh, give us that elevator pitch. What's, what's the show all about? In a nutshell, it's the seventh year of the tribulation and Christianity's pretty much just been wiped off the face of the earth, and except for a handful of people in a location, a small church in the middle of nowhere. So we have a reason to know 
that something is out there in the dark. And, you know, we don't know what the dark is. Is it a thing? Is the dark, uh, is it a person? We have no clue. But once we find out some um, very important information, it gives us the motivation to band together and take off and go out into this world to find what we're looking for. And one of the things you're looking for is, is your son who disappears sort of in, in the blink of an eye. What kind of father does he even go looking for his own son? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's time to go find Daniel. Um, you're a dad. Was that uh, emotionally a place that you pulled from as a father to go, my goodness, what, what would I feel like if something like that happened to me in real life? That's the easiest part of my acting as I've gotten older is once you can personalize something. Sarah and I, when we played Sarah Cleveland, who's my wife, who's right there, she is. Um, but, you know, for the, for the two of us, especially with, with children, I mean, what we had to go through was, I don't want it to sound silly, but it was really easy because we would say to ourselves, what would I do if this was happening? And that's what I would do. It doesn't matter what anything's going on. Where's our son? That's it. Just where's our son? Find him, Peter. Find Daniel. Sarah Cleveland joins us as well on the podcast today. The show is The Dark. Sarah, you're here and you're surrounded by dudes. You got guys to the left. You got guys to the right. There were a couple of other women in the cast, but predominantly this is a, a guy show. Does that change the dynamic as an actress? I mean, being on set with any of these, any of these guys or the ladies would be super easy. They're just phenomenal people. Where did you film The Dark? Uh, in Kentucky. Yep. Um, we did a, a bunch of different areas, different locations. For myself, I was in Cave City. You had the big death scene. And I, I'm no actor, uh, but I always understand that those can go horribly wrong. <laughs> that was actually the first time I've ever done a death scene. Um, I was very nervous. And uh, <laughs> and then Kevin, you know, was making it so easy to uh, to be serious during that, which that's a little bit of sarcasm there. <laughs> he was making me laugh through it. But, uh, but no, Chip and Matt actually were really awesome there. They, uh, you know, they prepped me for it. They told us how it was going to be laid out, what was exactly what was going to happen. And um, and then doing the scene itself, obviously, with Kevin um, made it a whole lot easier. But with someone laying beside you, sticking his finger up your nose. That's exactly <laughs> what he was doing. I'm like, of course, I'm trying to be serious and stay in the moment. <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> I can see the fuck on my face. We got her. It's all over. We're talking to the cast of the new miniseries, The Dark. It's available now at PureFlix and at Amazon.com. We also have uh, Matt Ulm, the uh, DP, the director of photography. For folks that, that are not in the TV or the movie business, what exactly does a director of photography do? What does that job entail, Matt? Well, mainly he's responsible for implementing the director's vision on how the project looks. I mean, obviously with our production we're all wearing a lot of hats. Independent film is like that. So Chip and I work very much side by side to make sure that the visuals match the emotions that he's going for in the scene because it's a visual medium. And you have to also be aware of what your actors are doing as well. 
So making sure you're getting the right angles to give them the best performance and making sure that you're right up in there to see all the emotions because, you know, it takes a lot of gas out of their tank. So you have to be responsible with the way that you're treating them as well. So it's always filmmaking is a collaborative effort. And that's very much the way that Chip works. I'm sure the actors will tell you that he's very much will allow you a lot of latitude with what's on the page. And he does the same for me, which is I appreciate a lot. You, you talk about Chip and how closely you work with him, Chip Rossetti, who's the, the guy that, that sort of, this is his, his brainchild. How do you get inside someone else's brain to, to make that whole vision come alive? Well, a lot of it, like I said, was him making sure that we had examples to look at, because that's a really great starting place to see what, what other experts in the field have done. So you start off by that, and then you make modifications. And also making sure that you're doing good location work. So you know what you're getting into and you have the right equipment and the right plan going in. You know, Pre-production is key when you're doing stuff like this to make sure that you're prepared on the day and that you're getting things in the can to use an old vernacular and not wasting time. You guys rolling? Sound speed's on nine. All right, can I see the slate? Episode two, scene two, D-Delta, take nine. Sylvia Wolfbush is uh, one of the cast members of The Dark. The miniseries available now at pureflix.com. And I understand there's a seven-day free trial, so you can check out the show, and you can also get it at amazon.com. Sylvia, tell, tell me about your character in The Dark. I am the, the antagonist, of course. Uh, I had the pleasure to be the, the bad guy. Peace. All I ever wanted was peace. I have other plans for you. Um, which is always a lot of fun to do. Because, you know, I was like, it's always more challenging for an actor to play somebody that's not you. I had to kind of explore uh, the possibilities, you know, what if I was a bad guy? As a matter of fact, not just a bad guy. What if I was the bad guy? Right? How would I be? How would I conduct my business? And as the story was already described earlier, you know, like the setting, uh, my company had already done a pretty solid job. So at this point, I now pretty much have to tend to the leftovers and mop up the rest. And there's just a small group of very pesky and very annoying creatures that I need to get a hold of. So... I had to do what I had to do with the help of a few henchmen. Did you look at other um, uh, portrayals of the ultimate bad guy, if you will? Did you ever watch The Devil's Advocate and say, Oh Oh, my gosh, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's like The Devil's Advocate is like the penultimate, you know, like a depiction of what you could imagine a modern contemporary devil to be like. You know, I mean, Al Pacino was just absolutely phenomenal in that and that, that was exactly you know that the first thing that came to mind you know when when i was offered the role is like okay play the devil but you know don't play him stereotypical you know don't play you know the mean evil you know club-footed horns coming out of your head you know sulfur and brimstone kind of devil but you know make him suave sophisticated charming even compelling even uh, so, yeah, I definitely delved into some of these uh, iconic depictions, but still gave it my own spin, of course. And sometimes when you read about people who play the bad guy, 
uh, in films, they they separate themselves out from the rest of the cast and they try uh, try not to be buddy buddy so they don't have to turn it on immediately. I wonder what it was like for you guys when the cameras were off. Did you fraternize and hang out with the other cast members and cut up, or did you stay off to yourself and try to maintain uh, that evil? Oh, um, if I may, you know, start on that one. Yes, the latter. I mean, we we did actually not separate. Uh, which made it a bit more challenging at times because, you know, like everybody there was like a family. I mean, we were really, really a, a tight group of friends very quickly. If we didn't know each other already previously, we quickly became friends and had, you know, a wonderful rapport with one another. I mean, we would sit in front of the fireplace, you know, like slouched on the couches and chairs and, and would rehearse. Um, and, you know, in between talk about stuff, you know, about us, about each other, about the world. So it was difficult at times to, you know, just kind of turn that off. But, you know, I'm not so much a method actor, you know, in, in the sense that I have to be in that character, you know, 24-7 to order in order to believably portray that 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 that, that person or the character. I mean, I'm pretty much like I, I know what, what I need to be when I need to be it. And then I turn it on and off respectively. But the only thing that made a little bit of a, a, a difference in the sense was that when you're on sometimes and you play your character, that, you know, you, you feel like subconsciously it's doing a thing to you, right? But but that's a whole different subject. Than the, but anyway, I'm going to give it to somebody else to say how this worked for them. Well, let me throw it over to Alan, uh, Alan Hogan, who's also one of the cast members of The Dark, available now at pureflix.com and amazon.com and alan in like the first 15 minutes of of the show you're showing some range you're you're hitting on a girl and you're getting really angry and that's like right after the opening credits so tell me about your character and that character's arc in the dark well blake uh my character the way chip described him to described him to me was sort of like a lovable goof i guess at the end of time standards get lowered a little oh you mean a lot Right. <laughs> Still waiting for you to lower your standards a little. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> or a lot. So Blake, I just kind of went into it as he was sort of a, a comedian, at least in his own mind. And he is, he doesn't get to, it's like Robin Williams being around a bunch of people that he doesn't feel like he can just lash out. So he has to stay, um, vulnerable because he's also thinking about his friend who is now missing uh i mean and he's not thinking clearly because to yell in john wells's face without getting smacked only in the movies <laughs> so, um that was a big joke uh between me and john but yeah he's he's just a lovable goof who, who just wants the best for those around him and he, he just this is not a laughing time unfortunately Martin Kleba, who is, is driving down the street right now. So tell me about your character in the dark okay. and what it was like to be on set with these guys. You know, I, I looked at my character's name was Stan. And as though I, although I wasn't as evil as like Darth Vader, which would be second in command, um, but it was cool because we were in Kentucky and, and here we are at this huge, beautiful lodge. And there must have been 30 ladybugs crawling all over inside my room i think it was like that throughout the hotel but it was like what the heck how are these ladybugs getting inside but i took it as a sign uh i had just lost my dad 
and uh, that my dad was with me. Who are you? Uh, we're just uh, we're just just passing by. No one just passes through here. Please, we just need to rest. Put your weapons down. Now! Kevin okay. Sizemore is one of the stars of The Dark. You can check it out at uh, PureFlix or at Amazon.com. And I wonder if now that we're in this pandemic and you look at the obvious parallels, and I'd love to start with you and ask some of the other folks in the cast, you look at the parallels between what those folks were going through and what you went through on the show, if, if you could have ever imagined something like this when you filmed it. When did you film this? I think we shot this in October of last year. Is that correct? It was basically mid-October to mid-November. We ran about a month. And I think as you watch this, and, and I want to get uh, Sarah's input on this, as you go back and watch it now that it's done, and there are lots of people who are feeling sort of that cloistered, stuck inside, afraid to go out thing. Did the parallels hit you as quickly as they hit me, Sarah? There's actually um, a scene where Peter and myself and our son were sitting at the kitchen table. And uh, that's a real moment when our son asks, why, why is he doing school in the basement? So Danny, how was class today? Why do I have to go to school in the basement? Well, cause things are different now, Dan. Just, just the way they are. I think school is okay, I guess. If things are so bad, why do I have to go to school anymore? That's my life right now. <laughs> my kids are actually sitting upstairs doing schoolwork right now in this makeshift classroom. Um, so watching that, you know, I know we shot it and I know that that's what we're living right now, but actually watching it and knowing that that we, we shot that before this happened. It is nothing that I could have ever imagined that we'd be living right now. It's a very confusing and difficult time. But yeah, watching that scene was very, it, it really hit you. Yeah, the foreshadowing is just amazing yeah. in this. Uh, I want to ask Alan Hogan, who uh, we'll call him our young gun in the cast here. Uh, Alan, how hard did you have to work to get that Kentucky accent just right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on it since birth, Burke. Yeah, you're a method actor there. I was lucky enough that I didn't have to leave home. I didn't have to stay at the hotel. I mean, I would stay behind and, and hang out for a little while as much as I could, but I literally lived like 10 minutes from where all these guys were held up. Silvio Wolfbush plays um, the dark in the dark. And uh, I wonder if you've ever done um, faith-based uh, media like this before, because this is... Uh, this is, uh, you know, for a family-friendly channel, but yet you're a, you're a pretty dark guy. And if, if you wondered at, at any point as you're doing this, or if you got direction on, you know, don't be too evil, don't go too far over the top, was there a line that, that was given to you by the director, the producer, the writer to, to say, you know, don't go too far? I don't think Chip ever really, you know, told me, you know, like where my limitations are. Um, because Chip is very good in casting his actors. So I don't think he, he felt it necessary giving me a lot of guidelines. I mean, I deduced quite a bit from the script itself. And uh, by the way, no, this is not my first foray into a Christian film. As a matter of fact, my whole acting career started with one. But um, no, it was it was pretty much left up to me. And when 
when I arrived on set and I had this character prepared as I was as I was seeing him, as I was feeling him, I I was waiting for for Chip at one point in time to actually, you know, like tell me something, you know, like, you know, like do something different, whatever. And and he didn't. So at one point in time I, I would approach him. This is like, so am I devil enough for you? You know, like <laughs> am I dark enough for you? And he like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> You're fine. Just keep going. Uh, don't change anything. So I'm like, Roger that. And if you're watching the video portion of the podcast, we were doing an audio version and a video uh, portion. I'm not certain, but I think Silvio is doing the video portion from a storage locker unit somewhere hidden away. I'm not sure, but as I look behind you, I think you may be in a storage facility. It, it's There's some amazing things. You know, like, um, you know, it's an actor's house, right? So there's lots of clutter. You know, I live in a movie warehouse. It's the home of a creative, um, you know, like Renaissance dude, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ulm is the director of photography for The Dark. He's responsible for making us be able to see what's happening in the dark. And, you know, many times when you watch, especially independent film, it really is hard to see the action, to see what's happening. And I would imagine since so much of this was filmed, uh, in artificial light or no light at all, that was a big challenge for you. It was, but I would say that we, I think we probably spent more time outdoors or very close to it than as much indoors because it was really the point of, they didn't want to go out into the world, but once they made the decision to do so, there was a lot of trekking around outside and a lot of the scenes happened there as well. So it was a pretty good split and it's not overall a moody Film. Chip didn't want it to just be depressing the entire time because we were out in God's creation shooting the film as well. And there were de definitely technical limitations that we had to deal with, but for the most part, everybody just pulled together and made it as easy as it could be. So like I said, we used a lot of candle power and some supplemental lighting when we needed to, but luckily also the technology has progressed to the point where you can shoot in fairly low light and still be able to make things work. Marty, what was your favorite part of doing this show? I want to say the time we spent at the uh, at the junkyard, um, leading up to when I get whacked, uh, we had a great time there. And I was waiting for one of the guys to say, hi, my name's Larry. This is my brother, Daryl, and my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> because it was like, oh my God, we were like backwoods. But it was like the perfect setting of like, what I picture life would be like if if this kind of stuff really happened, you know, like uh, just a hunker, a hunker down and, you know, you're going to come across the, the most wild, different people you'll ever meet. But we had a great time and and, um, and, and the craft, craft service lady was crazy. So she kept <laughs> complaining because I'm from Detroit, so I, you know, swear words kind of slip out of my mouth a little bit so uh, if they had a jar i would have had to put a lot of money in the jar so kevin sizemore you talked about growing up close to kentucky you on the other hand probably felt right at home and yet traipsing around in the woods for some pretty long days probably led to some pretty interesting times on set huh as you know i like to just have a lot of fun i mean you know, acting's great and all that, but uh, what you take away from all these projects is not what you're doing on screen, it's what you do off screen. It's those moments where you can, you know, give someone a call and then, you know, when you're wrapped, you go out and you have lunch together and you reminisce or you, uh, you know, like with, with Sarah and I, for example, I, I, 
probably tortured her and I'm just glad she's still my friend. But, um, you know, Dylan, uh, Dylan Cruz, who plays Jeremy, I mean, <laughs> he, he flew in from Chicago and you'll recognize in the first episode without giving things away, Jeremy makes a very, uh, a very big entrance to, to, to the church. And when he shows up, we're all, you know, floored that he's there. And I remember his very first scene was he's literally out. He's just almost out of it. And the camera's tight, really, you know, Matt's really in his grill trying to get a good shot. And right before we started doing the first take, uh, I'm, I'm wiping blow off of his off the side of his head. And I'm going, in action. And he's trying to, you know, so I'm just trying to say, you know what, let's have some fun. So you're a part of the Walking Dead extended family, having done Fear the Walking Dead, and now you've done uh, The Dark. And certainly there are parallels when you watch them, even down to the, the theme music and sort of the look. So tell me about the similarities and differences as an actor doing those two different franchises. Well, it was interesting because when we did Fear the Walking Dead 462, that was our bridge show between The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Well, it was the very first time any, um, any show has ever gone digital and they were bridging the two shows to tell the audience without showing you in 10 to 12 to 16, 18 weeks of what's happening. In a very short amount of time, they did this kind of short version of 462, which showed you that the virus was coming from one place and it's going to another. And then the plane crashes. So the difference between the two is we were not running around. We were isolated on a, uh, on a plane. And that was the difference between the two. So I'm not out running in the woods like I am here. I'm literally trying to save the day and protect people as 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 uh, as I am on a plane. Sarah Cleveland, uh, part of the cast, by the way, we're talking to the whole cast of of the Dark, as many as we could round up in one Zoom call for our Big Time Talker podcast. When you come into a situation like this, where you're you're thrust in with a whole bunch of people you've never met before that's a whole different kind of working environment than most of the rest of us that have real jobs ever experience. How do you figure out how to navigate all those different personalities? And, and, you know, newsflash actors can tend to have big personalities. So how do you do that? How do you thread that needle? Uh, well, for this, for example, um, this group had already been together for a while when I came into, when I came onto set. So I was a little more nervous about trying to break into a group that had, you know, not only did they not know each other, but now they've already, they've already created those relationships and then I kind of step into it. So, um, but honestly, I'm just me. So I'm kind of one of those people where I'm like, I'm going to talk to you. And if you like me, great. And if you don't, well, I mean, I can't really do much about it, but, um, but no, going on set and when you don't know anyone, it's just about getting to know everybody and, and what their likes and dislikes are. Sometimes it's a very short period of time too to figure that out. So um, you just do your best. Usually, I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're all, we're all new, we're all fresh, we're all trying to do the same job. So I've never had any issues with anyone, which has been fantastic. I know that it does happen, especially with this group. I mean, there was nothing at all. Everyone's just, you know, wanted to have fun and wanted to do a great job and again we're all there for the same reason right so um i don't ever see any any concerns like that which is great matt we're almost out of time uh, but i want to bring it back to you for folks that that maybe are not interested necessarily in watching 
faith-based uh, film or a family film. They're just looking for a, a great story. I think this fits the mold. Chip, when he talks about the kind of films that he makes, he doesn't dismiss the faith aspects because he's a Christian the same as I am. And so we're trying to make things that serve the kingdom. But this is, first and foremost, a family film. It's a story that can be told and it's about real people going through a hard time. And like you said, there's a lot of parallels to life, which is what good filmmaking should be. It should reflect the reality of what we go through in our daily lives. And there's struggle and there's strife. And at the end of the day, this is a group of people that have to lean on each other to survive the situation. And I think that's applicable to what we're all trying to do. I want to thank the cast and, uh, and you as well, Matt, for joining us today on the Big Time Talker podcast. Kevin Sizemore, you're my buddy. I'm going to give you the last word. If folks want to watch The Dark, they want to check out your new project with this incredible cast, how can they get it? Well, you can go to pureflix.com. They have a seven-day free trial, which means you can watch all five episodes absolutely free. And if you don't like what Pure Flix is offering, you can cancel. And if you feel like you do like what they're offering, stick around. I think it's 12 bucks a month. They have some good entertainment there. Also, amazon.com. It's, uh, you can actually get that DVD for yourself and have it in the next few days. Uh, we also want to throw a big uh, shout out to Chip Rosetti. He wrote this and directed this. He brought us all together down in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, the guys at Questar, if it wasn't for Questar out of Chicago, we wouldn't have a producer for Chip to be able to work with and get this, get this project out there. So for the actors that couldn't make it, we have, you know, we have a wonderful cast. We have a wonderful set of crew members. Uh, we're just fortunate. And, you know, it's nice to be able to have some friends to, to talk to, even if it's in this little this bubble in this little box. And um, if you like it, tell people, share it. And if you don't like it, thank you anyway. <laughs> tell people and share it anyway. Sarah, Marty, Alan, Silvio, Matt, and my buddy Kevin Sizemore, thank you all for joining us today for the Big Time Talker Podcast. We are officially wrapped here in Kentucky. This is it. We are wrapped. We are wrapped. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.